When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome, beautiful people. Welcome to Alter Call. This is Maths, season 15, episode 12. Hi, Aid. Hi, Tane. Don't ask me how I'm doing. Oh, I know what you're doing. <laughs> the most unpleasant activity that, I mean, there are, un, uh, it's top five in most unpleasant activities for everybody. What are you doing, Tane? Ugh, I am moving. And moving means packing, and packing means you have to still unpack. It is very unpleasant. It's it's like a Band-Aid. You just got to get it done. It's yeah. happier when it's over. Two days before moving time is not a happy time. Mm-mm. I just think of forward, forward, end goal, and we'll get there. How was your week? Did you have a good week? I had a good week, like usual. I don't know what made it good, but I can't think of anything bad, so it was good. That's okay. It's just like this week's episode. It was just good. (laughs) (laughs) Not memorable. (laughs) Okay, so what would you like to share with the people? What housekeeping notes do we have for them this week? Everybody. Last week, we had our 90 Day Fiance, where we cover the first four episodes. Watch out. Like, basically, we should be covering 90 Day Fiance every four episodes on our Patreon. Next week, we have the After the Altar from Love is Blind Season 2 that is on Netflix. That will be up on Patreon. And coming soon, we will start talking about Sister Wives. So all of this is there for you on Patreon. And I hope amongst all of it, our good friend Rochelle can find something that she likes to watch. (laughs) Even if it's not 90 Day Fiance, do what makes you happy. But thanks for supporting us, though. (laughs) (laughs) What is going on with everybody in Maths Lantain? You know, I really want to say, like, activity has dwindled down, but I don't know if it's maybe my timing. There's just a lot of everyone's doing the same thing over and over. But Amani and Woody had, like, a paid partnership with American Air with Sweet Baby Rain. It's like he took his first trip and, you know, they told us how their journey was. I think they went to California, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say Napa. But I just love that for them. They're just flourishing. I love when people I like make money. <laughs> I want to see you win. Get the 
them coins. Um, Rachel from Houston season had a link up with Merla. Nothing new there. But it seems like Merla hasn't been posting much besides the usual. She posts her workouts um, pretty regularly. And she posts her dog and her new... Can I call it a stepdog when it's she's not married, but her boyfriend's dog, I guess. But they seem to be at an event that Dr. Viviana was a part of. So I think they were just supporting the event. So I think it must have been in Houston. So they just went by to support. So kind of cool. See all three of them together. Um, Speaking of Merla. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Is Merla showing her boyfriend in these pictures with this event? I have not seen him yet. I don't think he was at the event. Okay. He was not at the event, so... Um, well, we've kind of seen him a little bit when he did a dance or whatever. She's not the one hiding. It's, uh, Taylor. Which, speaking of Taylor, I might as well segue to that. I think she debuted her man. Like, she always puts the emoji over his face and was like, I'm never sharing him and blah, blah, blah. But she did, like, a reel of her weekend with family and friends and Zaddy, well, I guess is her boyfriend. And we got a peek of him. He was, like, kissing her cheek or something, so... I think that was the debut, but I'm not sure. Maybe again, maybe I missed it, and this is just the first time I'm seeing it. So, um, good luck to Taylor. She's still a tad annoying. Oh, and people, no, people have been coming for her again. I thought their season dropped a while back ago, but I don't know. People, are just and you know what comes with just watching is just the whole. What are you doing? You this thirsty, blah, blah, blah. And Taylor has time for them. And she's just like, you just watched the show. You don't know the editing. And maybe you shouldn't be on my page if you don't like me. Which is true, actually. I don't understand disliking someone and then taking the time out to go on their page to let them know that you don't like. But that's a lot of effort. So, um, Gil is in Dakar, Senegal. He'd been promoing that for a while. I should watch his stories not a mute, so I know why he's there, but <laughs> I think he's there. It's maybe humanitarian. I'm not sure. I really don't know. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know why he's there, but he's there. And if he's making that coins, you too. Go, Gil. Everybody make that coins any way you can. There's a recession coming. So, even as you say that you don't want to marry someone who's on Instagram too much, the North remembers. We shall the North see. remembers. <laughs> If you are looking for outfits, honestly, I think Alyssa is the plug. Every time she comes up on the Instagram, she is just linking her outfits. So her outfits are ugly. Eight said that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually am shocked by what you just said because I just saw a picture of her and I was like, what are you wearing? I didn't know that she was trying to convince people to buy it. I mean, the, the the thing is, they always say, oh, a lot of people have been asking, where is this from? So they just, she just links her outfit. But there's a lot of linking. Almost, I can almost always guarantee that if I go to her account, there's an outfit link on there. And she's hanging out a lot with Noi. So you're still besties. Remember how I said I like to see people who I like make money? <laughs> oh, God. What are you going to say next? <laughs> Listen, don't count. <laughs> well, don't she- like- money though if you're just putting the link you're just putting it in there but unless it's like a amazon thingy but i don't know is she, are you really is she doing the like to know it no i don't think it's a, i have not clicked on it let me just confess good it just seemed like uh i care so you guys can i'm sharing the wealth of the knowledge that i have so i don't know i will try i will try to look at it and see if it's an actual paid partnership thingy or whatever Cynic um, that I am, I'm like, who would post a link unless there's money in it for you? But that's just me. 
some people are nice. Like, this is where I got it from. Especially if they get a lot of DMs. Like, where'd you get this from? It's just one time. Because Jasmina does that, too. Because, oh, my God. Going through Jasmina's Instagram makes me happy. She's so aesthetically pleasing to look at. <laughs> and she dresses so nice. And it's just she just seems to be living life and having fun. So every time I'm looking through it, I'm just like, wow. Like, I just like looking at you. So, yeah. So when I see her, I don't think... Like, oh, you're trying to make money out of me. Although if she wants to, she should. And I think she just sometimes like, oh, you guys are asking where I got this from. This is where I got it from. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, Beth from Charlotte announced all day. I have something exciting. I have something exciting to tell you. Don't worry. I'm going to share it tomorrow. I'm going to share it tomorrow. What was the excitement? That she was going to be an after party. Um, we <laughs> this week. Why was that an announcement? I was like, wow, what a what a buildup. So that's what's going on. And um, this week's shout out is from our listener, Lauren. Hi, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren was following up on a conversation we had not long ago, wondering about the prenup situation. And she had someone or she knows someone whose brother made top 25 for San Diego casting. Um, and if you, it's like a blink, if you miss it, I guess it was in the matchmaking special, but, um, when he made top 100, they presented him with a contract and because her friend is a divorce lawyer, he ran it by her and some notes on it is there is a liquidities clause. I don't know what that means where states could fine you anywhere from 30 K to 50 K if they feel like you're in breach or intentionally sabotaging. And she says that explains why Alyssa was trying to put the divorce on Chris. And not take the blame for that. So do not advise to sign that. But they did let him sign an abbreviated contract. But they did mention that if he made it to top 10, he would have to sign the full contract. So I think that's interesting that you have to sign if you make the top 100. So they're covering their asses early on. Yeah, it's it's a very good uh, strategy to get you used to signing things. Because if you get picture, I guess you're going to have to sign this very important contract. Mm. Um, there is a prenup portion of the contract. However, it's very weak. Anyone with a good lawyer could likely challenge it easily. So Stasha had the right mindset asking for a postnup. Still don't know where that stands, even though I think Nate signed it. I mean, he doesn't really put up a fight much. He did and- sign it. We watched him sign it. Oh, sorry. Memory long. So much going on. My bad. <laughs> it was the week you were out, though. But yes, he did sign it. Aha. Vindication. Okay. Um, while there's no written incentive for choosing to stay together, there's an options portion of the contract that talks about potential for joining a spinoff. Should you be well received by the public? I like that caveat. Should you be well received by the public? (laughs) So yeah. So this was really, you know, cool information. So once again, thank you, Lauren. I, yeah, I was happy to hear about the prenup. I wasn't happy to hear that it's weak. I think maths is very dumb and they need to fix that. There needs to be a strong prenup for this nonsense. Just a correction. I just said she knew someone. She saw this in another podcast group page and she shared with me. Not that she knows someone. She shared with us. So Cool. Yeah. I mean, let's be real here with the people. If you contact us on social media, 80% of the time you are getting tanked. <laughs> Every now and then I jump in, but no, it's mostly tame. <laughs> the secret's out, even though I think most people probably You probably knew that. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I got this week. I am 
ready to talk about this episode. What did you feel about this episode? I actually thought it was a it was a lot, but it was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed it for many, many reasons. It's just it's just the epitome of maps. It's a lot about the unsaid. It was very interesting to see the dynamics of Dr. Pia as we get to know her better unfold. It had me thinking about these people were really going to shoot the season without a third replacement, which I find very interesting. Meaning, like, to me, that they did not know Dr. Viviana was leaving because I don't think they've always had a replacement ready before the next filming. Okay. And the fact that we haven't seen Devon... Devon, Devon, I don't know how to say his name. Megan Good's ex-husband. <laughs> Give the man his name. Devon Franklin yet, which but I think we're seeing him next week. I'm just like, when are you coming in? But um, yeah, so I think they just scrambled to find people. So it's been it, it was very interesting for me. But let's dive in. So we start with Miguel. There's like a round rubbing of all the couples, and Miguel has made food yet again for Lindy, and she's so excited. And we see Alexis and Justin just being all lovey-dovey in the kitchen, making out. And we see Stasha and Nate go over his cologne routine while Kristen is showing Mitch how she shaves Luna while Ben is working out, I guess, his frustrations and stuff. So the episode starts with Kristen and Mitch. And Mitch just calls his friend Shayna, who... He has a lot of female friends, he says, um, and they met, they were neighbors, and during the pandemic, they were in the same bubble, and they hung out a lot, and he tells her that he wants to ask her opinion, and he wants to talk to her about sex. Um, he says that he was a little too humorous or comedic in the bedroom, and Kristen called him out on it, and it made him insecure, and put him in a box like he can only be serious when he comes to sex. His friend tells him that she knows that he likes to joke a lot, but if you're joking around all the time with someone you're intimate with, it would throw them off. At least it would throw her off. She advises him to put some effort first and listen to how she feels and make her make Kristen know that she's wanted, which is great. I mean, I appreciated how comfortable Mitch was with his friend and at least seeking advice to be better. But when you don't know what the actual crime is, it just seemed like, a little vague and I don't I didn't know how to follow the conversation I didn't either and I also I thought it was good he was reaching out to his friend but I also felt like there was no way to resolve the issue unless he talked to Kristen yeah that's true but we found out that people don't like talking to their partners it's easier to talk to someone else on the show so we moved to Stasha and Nate we hear a knock on the door, and Dr. Pia is back. Stasha says, oh, I like your outfit. And um, the, de- the devil side of me scoffed a bit because I'm like, she's wearing peplum. I thought that went out of style like years ago. I but- didn't think it was that great. I mean, I like the pants because that's my favorite color, but I didn't. I was with you. I was like, really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, the colors were bright and cheery. I'll give you that. But there's a whole difference between, oh, I like your colors and I like your outfit. And you know Stasha would never wear that. She does like that. <laughs> Based on after party, she does like bright colors. So I, I choose to believe that's what she meant. But So Dr. Pia asked if things were resolved from the last time they met. For those who don't remember, the disastrous group therapy where Stasha just basically said Nate was a bum. Well, not a bum, but like Nate was not meeting her needs and she feels alone and all that good stuff. So Nate says they discussed questions that they were going to ask her. 
And Stasha's number one question was what tips could she give for Stasha to build trust? I mean, I know he was making a point, but I'm like, why are you asking the questions for her? For her, let her ask the questions. And Nate tells Stasha that she has to define her trust issues because it looks like she's on some, I'm at 80, trying to get to 100%. And for him, it's either you trust or you don't. And if she can't define it, he's going to get frustrated over time if she doesn't trust him. Stasha looks a bit uncomfortable to me, Aid, but I was like, hell yeah, Nate. Because <laughs> it was very clear about what he was saying. There was no you know, confusion about what he was trying to say. And I also like that it's not a situation where it's always about what the wife needs or wants, which maths is very, does a lot, you know, in, on the show and always, you know, team women, but it's a marriage and it's a partnership and we can't always just look out for what the woman is needing and not acknowledge what the man needs. Very true. So Stasha says that there's not a lot of people that she trusts, that she's just a fact checker. Like, even if you tell her the sky is blue, she has to see something. Um, you have to prove that it's blue, which to me, I just meant like, so does that mean she's atheist? Is that a reach? Or does that mean? I don't know. All I know is the way she described trust. I'm like, that's actually the opposite of trust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I trust people, but I have to. No, you don't trust them. <laughs> um, and it's not him. It's a her problem. So Dr. Pia asks if she connects the trust with control, which to me is like a duh. Like, I mean, you want to have control to, tr I don't know. That's what it's about. But um, Stasha takes a minute, thinks about it. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then she tells her that, you know, Stasha has to learn to relinquish some control and tells her to start some activities where Nate plans it completely and she has to rely on him. And she says that, you know, she left some items in their basket and when they open it, we see handcuffs and then they go to commercial. <laughs> I don't, it ended very weirdly for me. <laughs> yes, and didn't pick up later in the same spot, so it was confusing. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back to speak about Alexis and Justin. Life doesn't happen bi weekly, so why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from Earn In to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, -N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in AltoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AltoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max, See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. 
Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the recess mocktail sampler at takearecess.com slash autocall MAFS. You guys know I don't drink very much. So recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash MAFS so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. And we're back. So the song that was playing had me thinking we were going to get a bad scene and maybe they were fighting because that's usually what we get. But instead we see Alexis telling Justin that they do so much together and he wouldn't let her have two hours with her friends. What was I saying? This is an argument. Just because they're smiling and laughing doesn't mean they weren't arguing. So just It was very passive aggressive. <laughs> and then it just and... got aggressive aggressive. <laughs> and Justin says, Well, because you're married now. And I didn't know when I said yuck out loud. Cause it's just like an archaic statement. Like you can't go out because you're married now. So then they argue and Alexis says that she comes home early. That's her compromise and doesn't go out all the time. And Justin is like, oh, not all the time. That's like every weekend. I don't know the right thing or whatever this argument about, but what is his alternative? Is it like he's offering to do things and she's saying no? But for me, I'm thinking like they're newlyweds. They have eight weeks and she wants to hang out with her friends all the time. That's a bad sign. And this was my thought at this moment before all of the details started, you know, unfurling itself. Then Alexis reminds him of his vows, which we are going to hear a lot of times throughout the episode and how he wanted a free woman and he's not going to smother her. Dr. Pia comes in and you can tell Alexis is already in a bad mood because her body language has changed. We've said it before. Alexis speaks volumes with her nonverbal communication. And I don't know why she doesn't know it's very loud. So Dr. Pia says that she heard some commotion out there and they're like, oh no, it's nothing, nothing hectic, just a passionate <laughs> combo. This is how we talk all the time. <laughs> I'm like, not normal, guys. Justin starts that in a marriage, there's balance, but she goes to the club every weekend and that's a single lifestyle. Alexis says, it's not always the club. Sometimes it's brunch. How do you confuse club with brunch? <laughs> There's drinking at both of them. That's why Justin was confused. I don't, you know, the way every time these two have a fight, it's like two people who are in two different locations because they always have two completely different perspectives. Like, it's wild. Um, She says that she's always in a large group and she has a large group of friends and she likes hanging out with them. And the compromise is that she'll hang out with them one day every weekend. She says, it's never been a case of, he said, let's do X, Y, Z. And I'm like, nope, I'm going to hang with my friend. And Justin agrees with her on that point. So Dr. Pierre reads my mind in terms of what I said. Like, why do you want to hang out with your friend all the time? And she's like, why do you have the desire to hang out with your friends all the time in this short amount of time? And she says, because I spend so much time with him. And I'm like, your husband? Or someone they assigned you uh, <laughs> to spend probation with? Like, the way she said it was like, oh, yes, you live with him? <laughs> that was very funny to me. 
So Alexis says she didn't think it was going to be a, she didn't think this was what marriage was going to be, like a my husband's way or the highway. I don't know where to jump in and say that I was annoyed with Alexis because there were so many different things she said that annoyed me, but that was one of them. Please jump in anytime because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, where do I pause? But then there's so many like checkpoints. <laughs> that that one not- in particular, I was like, what are you saying? What do you mean? Uh, Alexis, I don't know. This is a case of, you know, you have your narrative and you're just going to stick with it. Dr. Pia asked her, why did you get married? And she said she wanted the security and the partnership. And she remembers her excitement of meeting her husband at the altar, saying he wants her to be free. Take a shot, guys. And she's telling him that being with her friends brings her joy. <sighs> Everything. And for him to say it's too much is a bit controlling and manipulative. Alexis says it is overwhelming and frustrating and it's a deal breaker and she's sorry, but she can't commit to being with someone 24 seven. And Okay. That's what's called a straw man argument <laughs> where you decide that you pick, you, um, you set up a straw man to argue about instead of the thing. Did this man say he wanted you to be home 24-7? Is that what he said? But now you're saying that's what that's what you're arguing about is you being home 24-7. And that's not what you're arguing about. And then when you throw in words like controlling, manipulative, like the thing is your husband wants to spend time with you. And that this was this was very strange. Dr. Pia says, I mean, you might be exaggerating because I don't think he's asking for 24-7. And Justin's like, I'm not. It's more, why do you need to hang with your friends every weekend? And you're pretty much saying, and this is how it's going to be for the rest of our lives. Alexis is frustrated and says, no, she's just saying she would like to do that if she chooses. Okay, I think we can pause here. I'm I'm trying to make sure. Maybe we should just talk about the entire fight and then discuss it. That makes more sense, right? Well, I think after this is where she says that she would be fine if he said no. Well, okay. So she says, but that's why she asked. And this is when I was like, okay, now we are just going in a maze because what? And Dr. Pia says, why are you asking if you already know what he wants you to do? And she says, well, because I didn't know until now. And then in my head, I'm like, huh? This is all this man talks about. Even I know outside the screen. And I'm like, I find that so hard to believe. And Dr. Pierre, we have very intense face. And Alexis is not letting Justin talk. And says like the last weekend, he said he even said he wouldn't have time for himself. So how was he supposed to know? They go on a back and forth and they're different alternate realities. And Dr. Pierre asks again, why did you feel you were ready to be married? <laughs> and <laughs> this is very comical. Um, and and why do you keep trying? And Alexis says, because she's trying and she's committed and this is not her, normal her would have run away. I will say this. I do think two things can be true. I do think Dr. Pierre was asking all the right questions because again, this whole fight is about the thing that is not being said, but it was very obvious. She was team Justin and she needs to work on that. She needs to get some tips from Dr. Pepper on how to ask the tough questions and letting you lead yourself to where she wants you to be without saying like, you're actually like choosing sides. What do you think? Uh, I, 
I don't pay much attention to the experts. I was paying more attention to what Alexis and Justin were saying. Great. I, I think Dr. Pia did ask the right questions. But I didn't, you know what I will say about Dr. Pia? I don't think she caused any more problems for them. I think she just drew out some of the conversations that needed to be had. But during the course of the conversation, they both looked stupid, especially Alexis. <laughs> a lot of people online, it was split. A lot of people were saying Dr. Pierre was calling Alexis out on her bullshit, but a lot of other people were were not happy about her kind of insinuating that just because you're married um, means your life is over and you shouldn't go out or it's not like a married people. But see, now those people are being like Alexis because Dr. Pierre never said that. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. I think because, I mean, we're going to go further into when Alexis tries her tactics on that but again well let's just get there let me not jump ahead okay she asked the question why she feels she's ready to be married and then dr pia asks if she's married ready to be married to justin specifically alexis hesitates hair tells and then she says well i don't think so justin says his mind was already made up that he was going to put her as a beneficiary that this is going to be his wife for life but he doesn't want to be treated as an option that she's a catch but he's a catch too Alexis interrupts him again and says that she is trying so hard to be with him. She wants to be rewarded for trying so hard to stay married to her husband. And she has done things she otherwise wouldn't. She brings up Newton again and how she still stayed and that's her baby. And Dr. Pia, good for her, is like, um, he gave up his dog for you. So um, both of you are making sacrifices. <laughs> I love that loud, actually. <laughs> Because I actually did think about that. And Alexis says, no, I'm not saying that he didn't. But when does she get to say that she's exhausted? And then Dr. Pierre just pivots and is like, it looks like the goal is building trust and intimacy. Um, I think that, just, that was just a goal for every couple of this episode, regardless of how we got there. This couple did not need to, I mean, it's so annoying. I felt like what the Justin and Alexis said was very reckless. Like, as the words were coming out of their mouths, her with her, I'm trying so hard, and him with, I can't remember what he said, but I just thought to myself, if you guys would like to maintain this relationship, you can't just be throwing out every thought. And that's what they did. Yeah. Reckless. They want to be each other while trying to care about each other's feelings, which is a very odd space to be in because you see how he tries to throw in like compliments like she's a catch but i'm a catch but i don't want this and then she's like i i'm trying so hard because i'm committed but i don't want to be married to you like you're still saying mean things so dr pierre asks is this a barrier to sex what do you think like without <laughs> Does these two look like they want to have sex <laughs> and then she asks, do you think that's why you haven't had sex and Alexis says, this conversation, and I quote, is not conducive to my mental health. It is overbearing. And I had to rewind because I thought my TV skipped. But <laughs> like, is that the answer to the question? And Dr. Pia says, it's important to talk about it. And Alexis says, like, what do you mean? You know, you're, I mean, Dr. Pia says it's important to talk about because you mentioned your mental health. Mental health. Alexis says she feels isolated. She feels unheard. She feels dismissed by both of them. If you haven't noticed, yes, Alexis has all of the buzzwords, you know, manipulative, controlling, dismissed, isolated. Alexis says the fact that she wants to spend time with her friends for two hours 
doesn't make doesn't make her an unfit wife. And the fact that they're you know alluding to the fact that it makes her an unfit wife is obscene. Obscene. And yeah. Dr. Peter asks, um, how did you hear that? <laughs> how did you hear what was never said? And Alexis said she did not hear a compromise, that she did not hear anything about maybe you go out every two months or something that they can solve or have a resolution. Instead, they just switched to trust and intimacy. And now they're going to go to bed mad with no resolution. Justin is like, that's not why we're going to go to bed mad. We're going to be mad because he basically just said, you don't want to be married to me. And you don't think that hurts? And then she apologizes. She does that thing where she's like, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean that. And Dr. Pia pointed out, well, Justin, I think she... She took steps back and was like, okay, let me try and get her back. Because you could see, again, Alexis was shutting down. And then she says, Justin, I did you note that you took off your ring? And Dr. Pia says that you were hurt, but you knew that taking off your ring was also going to hurt her. So that's symbolic because the ring is a symbol of your marriage. Alexis says, just because she said that doesn't mean she's not willing to try. Just that she doesn't know if she wants this in the state they're in for the rest of her life. Dr. Pia starts speaking for Alexis, and Justin says that her friends come first. Dr. Pia says that you seem to have a fear of rejection, and is he scared to be direct to her for fear of the rejection? And at this point, eight, I had a headache. This session was very exhausting. <laughs> and weirdly, with Dr. Pia saying, now that you're married, both your behaviors have to change. And I think the editors just didn't know where to end this roller coaster, and that's just how it ended. I was very annoyed, very, very annoyed. Um, I also, when they did the thing about friends number, when Justin says I'm number one, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm number two behind this and this, what I find annoying is that, okay, the argument is about going out with friends. But I feel like if someone says your behavior makes me feel X, the first thing you can do before you even change the behavior is just say you are number one, right? But she wouldn't do that. Why? Because he's not number one. Because he's validated in what he's feeling. Yes. Again, this, this whole session was about the unsaid, which is very clear to anyone with two eyes, two ears, and a brain. And Dr. Pierre just can't come right out and say it. They have to kind of get there and they have to actually say it and acknowledge it because... Ordinarily, on a regular random day, if we're having a conversation and someone wants to hang out with their friends for two hours a weekend, which I think is a lie. I don't think it's just two hours. In regular life, it generally takes you anywhere from 20 minutes to one hour to even get to where you're going. <laughs> so I find it hard to believe that she's only gone for two hours. Does that include travel time? Who's going to the club just for a couple hours? Exactly. That was just like, if you're going to the club, okay, the club doesn't get hype until like maybe 12. So you leave and then you you stay until, I don't know. And then when you go to brunch, I know it takes me longer than two hours. Sometimes the food takes a while to get out because of the rush. So I, I don't quite believe that's the issue. But anyways, all the unsaid, he's feeling something. You don't want him. You're not making him feel wanted. And he's not wrong. And I know for everyone saying like, oh, you should be able to do what you want. You have individual lives. Yes, that is goes without saying like you should be able to do what you want to do but if you have eight weeks you're in in a different like in a a situation that's not the norm and you have eight weeks to figure out with someone and the person was a stranger and also you were in the honeymoon phase like i don't 
maybe I'm just speaking for myself, but for the most part, in a relationship honeymoon phase, you're in that phase where all you want to do, everything they do is just great, and you just want to hang out with them and spend time with them and do all you can with them. Now, at the fact that you have limited time to make a decision, why would you not just take advantage of that time for something that might be a forever thing? Your friends are not going to go anywhere. Because you're not really into him. You're over him. You just won't say it. And that's Alexis. Exactly. And then the whole club thing. I just, she says it's not always the club, but I think also that makes a thing for him because it's like, what are you going to do in the club? Are you dancing with people? We all know dancing is grinding. So are you just dancing by yourself on the couch in the club? I don't know. I don't know what the thing is. Maybe she's dancing with her friends. These people are again DOA and they just need to figure themselves out because they're going round and round in circles. Then we move to a boring, happy cap couple lindy and miguel who are giving us exactly what we've been asking for for the last three seasons lindy is saying she feels there's nothing they can't overcome but dr pepper says she tells us that they haven't been dealt with anything and don't know how they will handle conflict and i'm like didn't we just go through a health insurance last name conflict situation was this apparently real? she didn't think that was a real conflict she thought it was uh, something else no that was a real conflict dr pepper so instead of Dr. Peter knocking on their door, they get to take care of a robot baby, a la Love Island, if anyone watches. That's my least favorite episode when they give them babies to take care of. So Lindy says, oh, this is what our baby might look like, because it was brown. I just realized I did the Lindy voice, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, they named the baby McGindy, Heather, LOA, Santiago. Everything is great except McGindy, but I get the concept of McGindy, but yeah. When they first said McGindy, I was like, what? But by the time it was the end of the episode, I thought McGindy was a very cute name. <laughs> Not for real life, though. <laughs> no. But if they named their kid McGindy, I'll just laugh and say how cute. Because what can you say? <laughs> um, Miguel is just excited about it. He says he hopes he's a dad sooner rather than later. They play... They. They tasked them with playing an intimacy game with the baby. Go Mavs. Um, they take body shots. Again, just like Bao. Lindy says that he's never done that before. Was it Bao? It was Bao, right? Yeah, that was yes. A, yeah, that had said they'd never done body shots. And we're like, really? <laughs> but they were cute. Miguel tells us that what they have is real. They feel secure with each other. And Miguel says that he's living his best love story. We asked for it, and we got it, and we thank you, Maps, for this love couple in the midst of the storm. We move to Kristen and Mitch. Dr. Pia asks about trust, and they say they're pretty good with trust, and they trust each other. She said, let's play a game, Agent of Chaos, Dr. Pia. And then she asked them about their heroes. Who was your hero when you were a child? I don't know if this was new to you, but I had no idea that Kristen's mom was Cuban. News to me. <laughs> Um, Mitch says that his he, he superheroes were just like his heroes when he was a child. I, I fully expected him to say his dad, so that was surprising to me. And Kristen says her mom and says she was a single mom. I had to raise her and her sister, and then she, you know, she's now like a big CEO and top in her in her career and all that stuff. And then Justin pipes in, like, not to challenge what you just said, but did you feel that way when you were a kid? Because he asked how you, who was your hero when you were a child. Okay, he's not wrong because Aid, I was surprised that she said her mom. I thought she said her mom was harder. <laughs> I 
don't think it was uh, that wasn't the reason I was surprised she said her mom I just feel I was I, I thought Mitch's question made perfect sense I was wondering the same thing the answer she gave was a very adult answer yes and the question was about when you were a kid yes it seemed rehearsed like you, you, that was just that was a job thing. interview answer yeah it was like a pageant answer there you go yes it wasn't like genuine or whatever and i didn't think it was anything but anyways Kristen gets all snippy and is like yes i did and dr pia says what was that you know what speaking about this i like dr pia <laughs> <laughs> i like dr pia she said um well i mean i don't expect to get challenged you know when i say who my hero was like if someone asks you who your hero was and whoever what you say he's supposed to say that is a great story i'm like huh that was a it wasn't shoot. a great story. It was missing a lot of details. There was no personal touches. It was just, she was Cuban. She was successful. She came here with nothing. I'm really proud of her. She cries. She goes through a lot of emotions. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That was an overreaction. This, uh... It's kind of nice to see Kristen overreact because it's always Mitch getting shit with the two of them. <laughs> so I was like, see, Kristen has some faults too because that was a major, major... Well, not a major, major, but it was just an overreaction. Yeah. She said it took a lot to share that. I don't know I'm not mocking her. I'm just, I'm just, what? It took a lot to share that your mom was strong. That is every other person's story. I don't know if I'm going to get flack for this, but that's how I feel. Sorry. It's so true. Pia, <laughs> so Pia asks about their sex life and Mitch says, oh yeah, they put the brakes on it. I really appreciate how open Mitch is. Like he's not like ever trying to change the story, make it look nice. He's just open. So Pia asks, you know, what, like what happened? Like if you don't mind me asking and I'm like, thank you, Dr. Pia. And Kristen is like, you know, I don't respect for my husband. I'm not going to say it. And then Mitch agrees, and I'm like, dang it. And he says he uses humor when he's uncomfortable, but he also uses it when he's comfortable and secure. He says in his real life, sex has been awkward. Sex is body fluid, sex is fun. Like the movies make it seem like nothing happened, like it's always perfect, but it's not always like that. And again, it's just really hard to judge what the situation is when we have no idea what happened. So we still are, we don't know, and I guess we're never going to know. But Kristen said, you know, last week they were emotionally intimate and she loved it. And Dr. Pia asked, you know, what did he do? Who was the Mitch that you got last week? She said Mitch was attentive, vulnerable, and anything she did did not set him off. That made me a little sad. You shouldn't um, be on eggshells and worrying about setting your partner off all the time. I, I thought it revealed a little bit of Kristen's uptightness. Hmm. They did not say what he said, but once again, we just get to extrapolate and ex assume. Well, humor during sex is pretty normal. Well, why is she so like, we cannot have sex again because you made a joke and it made me upset. And I don't think he, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he said anything like, I don't know. I wonder what he said. I just felt like she needed to chill out. It's hard not to judge a book by its cover and just assume that this is yet another situation that Kristen is blowing up and exaggerating. Because again, a lot of the things that happen on maps is about the onset. Everything is cumulative. I thought she had forgiven him for that week one thing. I, I don't think that's over, Aid. 
I think that's still there and she's feeling a little insecure about that. So whatever he said was genuinely probably a joke, but because she's feeling some type of way about certain things, she took it personally. I think that's what I'm thinking it is. But I don't know when you say out of respect for him, I don't know what that means. I know. Like MJ, she took it personal. <laughs> Lindy and Miguel just did you show us a like quick snippet of another happy cute moment of them bonding with the baby and then the baby starts to cry and then that was it again the editing was very weird this episode it's funny McGinty and Lulu are very similar in that there's all these random inserts <laughs> that are really more for um what's her name's dog Kristen's dog Luna Luna <laughs> So, I'm sorry, Luna and McGindy are both like, because that other episode where Luna was just inserted in for comic relief, I feel like McGindy is the same way. <laughs> I can't wait for McGindy to go, though. I just hate the fake baby story things. I usually hate a fake baby. I gave an exception to McGindy, but you're correct in that McGindy cannot be back next week. Especially when they were trying to do intimacy. Like, what was the big idea? Why did only one couple get the baby? I wonder if that's an endorsement. Um, they had, no, they had nothing. They had nothing. I don't understand. Did they meet with Dr. Pia? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Oh, I think they did. Oh, God, we're terrible. We shouldn't do that. <laughs> okay. So, as Dane referenced, people were sent an exercise, a jar of things, questions they had to ask each other. Um... So they do a little round robin. Kristen, what would you think if you caught me watching porn? And they laugh. There's no answer. Nate and Stasha, uh, do you like routine sex? And Stasha's like, I don't like routine sex. McGindy is throwing a fit at the first question. And Lindy says, he hates me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's an inanimate object. I can't hate you. Um, with Mitch and Kristen, one of the questions of what is the toughest experience? And Mitch talks about after his dad died, he tried to start a sunscreen business and put it in like a biodegradable container. And he put a lot of work into it and it never came to fruition. And he was very sad and he felt like a failure, but it led him to where he is. And Kristen said it was brave to try something. Mitch made it seem like the sad part was the failure of the sunscreen business, but he actually said after my dad died. And I think the two are more related because I was, I don't know, and we've watched a lot of maps with a lot of people with a lot of really terrible things that have happened to them. The failure of a sunscreen business, I was like, that's that's it. That's a good life you have there, Mitch. Yeah, it is. But, you know, there are different levels, different phases in life where, you know, disappointment can be heavy. But, yeah, you're not wrong. It's correlated in some way or the other. So, but did you notice that Kristen and Mitch are on the beach again? I know I love it it looks really nice and they always look like they're in their natural place when they're in on the beach together yeah Mitch asked what's the favorite sex position she says doggy style Mitch says he likes it too he said it's a good ending position for me it means I'll have an orgasm it puts me in you know I don't need to read this (laughs) I can't believe that Kristen didn't know what that meant like well, I shouldn't do that. But half the time when they say certain things and everyone's like, what does that mean? I'm like, isn't it pretty clear? Like, what I else wonder could- sometimes if they're asking to make it clear for the audience who they know is watching. I mean, I guess what else could a good ending position mean? Like, 
Anyways, I was surprised she didn't know what that meant. But They have a whole discussion about favorite sex positions. It was funny. especially It was funny and it was good. They were very open with each other. He said he liked her adopt because he didn't have to do anything. I'm like, oh, Mitch, you're so <laughs> enjoying. He's just so open. He doesn't care. Other people are like, I'm not going to say, like, I'm not going to imply that I'm a lazy lover. Mitch is like, man, I'm 41. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Part of it was like, this This is how you think you're going to get this woman back into bed by saying, <laughs> by saying, I don't feel like doing much work. Oh, there was a lot not being said by Kristen by her facial expressions. Because let me tell you, they're having sex, but they're not having good sex. I think, well, that's my deduction. Because she's like, mm, okay. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. at some point he was like, I mean, it's a good one for me. Hopefully good for you too. She did not respond to that. So. <laughs> oh, so they end with practicing how they like to be held. There's like some spoon action. There's some... Him laying on her chest and they have a great conversation about how this is like going back to being a baby. And she says not to suck on her nipple. I just, they were really great. They really were in their sex talk. Mm-hmm. They mainly just stared at each other and left. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, um, you know, Morgan and Ben are here. So Morgan is here to suffer and Ben is here to take her abuse. Um, I, I forgot about these two. They popped up on the screen and I'm like, oh, them. Okay, I forgot. It's just like, but why are they doing any of this? Why are they wasting anybody's time? After Chris and Paige, it's, I mean, it's just going to happen. Be like Chris, the other Chris. Be like white Chris and call it when it's done. This girl said white Chris. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I don't want them to give you, I don't want anybody to be confused about which Chris I'm talking about. I'm actually um, surprised we've only had two Chris's. <laughs> um, Ben says that he hasn't seen Morgan in a couple of days. And I, I guess he's here to make amends, but I thought we already how many times are you supposed to make amends? Morgan is in work clothes, and when Pia walks in, she's like, yeah. I'm I'm here after work, and once again, it's like all Morgan wanted was to come home and be in peace. Mm-hmm. And instead, after work every day, she's got to have an intense conversation with Ben. I so, wonder how far the drive is for her from her house to wherever they're they're living. So, Morgan starts talking about how she's disappointed because Pia asks, you know, I know how things have gone. And then Morgan starts with her, I wanted a partner. She gets emotional. Ben gets her a tissue. She wanted a partner. She wanted a best friend. And she's been in defense mode this entire time. And Pia asks, why are you set up to be this defensive? And Morgan repeats, he attacked my character behind her back. He hasn't had her back. And Pia says, it sounds like you're vindictive. Ben comes in basically with another apology. So in talking in the context of him always bad-mouthing her, Dr. Pia says to Ben, it sounds like you're vindictive, which I think I was a little confused by. I'm like, Pia, if you know what's going on, like, I didn't really understand why that accusation was made against Ben. I didn't read it like an accusation. I think she was trying to draw something out and say like the way Morgan is presenting the story, it's sounding, it's making it seem like you're vindictive. It's just that the question mark insinuation was not loud enough. And poor Ben, 
Maybe I shouldn't feel as bad with it as I do. Um, but he asked her to explain. And I'm like, once again, we cannot understand this if we don't know what Ben said. And he said he was scared by uncomfortable conversations. And that's what he did, what he did by talking behind her back. And he says, conversation with her is scary. She's like his dad and it triggers him. I was like, both of you and your daddy issues here is too much for this relationship. The one thing I wish um, someone would ask Morgan, I don't know why now expert number two is treating Morgan with kid gloves. Why were you so quick to believe whatever you were told versus what Ben was telling you? I mean, I know he lies. I mean, he's just taking blame. I don't even know if he knows what's true or what he didn't say. But there's a chance that something he said might have been misconstrued. What was the one thing that we heard that she's jealous that his family is perfect? Mm -hmm. I just, did you ask for clarification or were you just willing to believe that because that feeds into what you want to believe? I think that's true. But I also think from the very beginning, every time Ben is called on something, he just starts apologizing. Yeah. And admitting to it all. I, I hope this man never gets arrested. Um, <laughs> he'll confess to a murder he was never seen. At. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, no one's calling Morgan out. No one's saying like, you know, in the past, Dr. Pepper is usually like, even if it's not for this relationship, for the future, you can't go through life with this ironclad, I'm cutting you off situation, especially if you want to be married. Like, I don't know. So Morgan says that maybe she could have like had a different tone or created a safer space for him. I, for some reason, I don't like that either. I don't, I don't know. I mean, she said it before. She doesn't mean it. She, I don't know. I don't think she, okay. That's why it bothers me. I don't believe her. Um, Morgan says that it's been, that their like issues have been happening since day one. So she doesn't know how different she could have been to make him not lie to her. Ben, once again, Admits to hiding from his problems. He's done it his whole life. Dr. Pia asks where they are going. Why not fight? Is there space for healing? I was very annoyed with her in that moment. <laughs> this thing is dead. Yeah. Then uh, once again, Morgan is here to piss me off. Morgan says she still doesn't know if Ben understands what he's done to her. And why hasn't she gotten that genuine apology? And Ben is like, I don't know. He feels like it would be more. This man just, he's, Ben is also a horrible communicator. Very he feels hard. like it would be more action-based. He doesn't know how to do that. He says something about a massage. <laughs> Morgan is like, as if I would let you put your hands on me. <laughs> she said that all in a look. And, Dr. and then Morgan, I mean, Ben quickly backtracks in the massage thing. Um. Dr. Pia asks, like, can you empathize with her feeling hurt or feeling backstabbed? And Morgan claims that she can accept an apology if it's the right emotional level, if he started over. I was so mad. <laughs> this girl wants some sort of special gold-plated with the appropriate emotion apology. The man has said he's sorry, and you guys are done. I don't think he needs to say he's sorry anymore. I don't think he would accept it. The whole thing was very annoying. Why is this girl not on after party so she can explain her thought process and face herself on screen? But I don't know. Like you said, they're both annoying because there's a tone that he takes that makes him sound like, you know, I'm just so sorry. I did all this. Like, stop. It's okay. You said it all. It's not done. And let's just move on. 
But you know, Aid, for all the mama's boy thing that we heard all preseason, we have not seen his mom once. I mean, eh, of course. It's a fun storyline in the beginning. It never goes anywhere. <laughs> I wonder if she didn't want to film, especially if it was going bad. I don't know. Because you would think that he would want to talk to his... We haven't seen him talk to anyone other than Justin. Why is Justin the only person he can confide in? I don't know. He doesn't. He hasn't had one of those friend conversations. He hasn't had a family conversation. It is... Uh, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So Ben says that the conversation is a step in the right direction. And he says in an interview that it's tough for him to say the right words. There are no right words, my friends. That's why you can't find them. Mm-hmm. And he says something about them not staying together being devastating as if it's a question. These people will keep this show going for forever. There's no question here. These two are done. All right, guys, we'll be right back. Ladies, you know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off and those cravings when you feel like you can eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back to Justin and Alexis. Oh my God, I hate these two. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a very much a retread of the argument they had earlier. But a particular moment of focus that I would like to discuss is Alexis throwing this man's vows in his face for not performing them the way that she would like. Um, She talks about how in your vows, you said that I could be free. Take a shot. (laughs) But now I want to go out with my friends and you're not keeping to your vows. Like, that was wrong. Your vows are not something that you hold over someone's head later when they say something that you don't like. It's manipulative and controlling. Alexis also tells us that he's underestimating how much she could be out. She could be out Monday through Friday and still be on time to work, but she's not doing that. Because, you know, it's her presence at her home with her husband is a gift. Why isn't he more appreciative? It's like wanting a reward for being a basic human being or doing the things that are required of Like, it's just weird. Uh, <clears throat> so they also have questions to do. And he reads the question, what upsets you the most about me? Barely finishes the question before he, before he says everything about me. I'm like, your insecurity is bleeding through, Justin. Bleeding, leaking. They do this thing they've done before. Alexis with her. In the honeymoon, I knew everything was good and you have my back and now you don't have my back. I just go away. Um, 
this reclaim I don't know how it serves your relationship to talk about reclaiming the past. You guys need to move forward. And if the only time you can think positively about your relationship is your honeymoon, it's dead. Justin tells Alexis that she doesn't understand him, that she doesn't get him. And then we're done with them for a little while. (laughs) There is a, the part where she says, sometimes I question if I know you. I can't shake up this thing that she does where she's saying that she's being honest, but she knows that she's dropping a bomb. And I feel like low key, she does it hoping this is what will end the relationship. Like I'm not the one that's going to end it. Because she has that thing, then she changes her voice, then she goes, I'm sorry if I hurt you. I didn't mean to hurt you. But then she knows and purposely says something that is like ridiculous. Like anyone with feelings will be hurt. And I don't like yeah. that. It's just a bad feeling. And it is a repeated behavior. And I feel like the first time she did it, I probably gave her a pass because it was at that dinner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, now it's a pattern. Yeah. At this point, it's not fair. No, it's not starting to feel real bad for Justin, even as I don't like him. Um, <laughs> Kristen and Mitch do an exercise where they do a touch each other without talking, <laughs> which is so, I loved it because it's very like, oh, Mitch, the problem is your mouth. So let's let's do a touch uh-huh. exercise where, where you can't tell a joke. Um, it's a good exercise. They touch each other a lot. They laugh a lot. They seem to have a good time. At the end of it, they say that was good. Nate and Stasha go to someplace pretty. I'm like, is it a castle? Is it a hotel? What is it? So they walk in. There's there's all kinds of things going on in this room. There's a harness contraption. That's what I call that. Swing. There's, there's whipped cream. And, <laughs> there's a whipped cream and strawberries. Nate is ready. This man walks in. He sees the screaming O. It's like a vibrating thing that goes on his tongue. And she's she's like, you need to try that. And there's all kinds of tying up of Stasha. And I don't know how to describe it. They they engage in a lot of PG-13, almost R-rated activities. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'm no prude, but I was like, should I close my eyes? Like, am I intruding on your privacy? This is a, a lot going on in here. But, oh, question. I thought the assignment was for Nate to plan something, but he seemed just as surprised at all the things in the room. <laughs> So I thought she was supposed to relinquish like control to him. He tied her up. Well, never saw relinquishing control. Well, okay. So next up is Alexis and Justin. They're sitting there and she goes, do you notice that there's a pole? I'm like, how is he supposed to miss the damn pole in the middle of the room? (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I can see it. I understand how us, the viewers, couldn't see it. But if you were in that apartment, there was no way you could have visited there was a pole. I mean, also, where was he when it was being installed? <laughs> <laughs> um, Alexis says she's going to use the pole to break the ice. Um, Justin, in an interview, barely looks alive. And he's like, I care. I care about how she feels. Um. <laughs> Alexis says she's trying to set this tone and like sexual tension relief is good for both of us. And Alexis says she wants him to know that I do want him and I desire him. And she does a really bad job pole dancing. (laughs) A plus for effort. Did you notice that during the speech, she said, 
well, she was trying to say we've struggled with, and she goes, no, I've struggled with intimacy. I didn't, uh, that, that sounds about, that tracks with what was said before. Okay. So, well, when I say before, I mean in this episode where he, where, yes. So Justin says that the pole dancing was fun. He's such a sweet man. Really, just a nice man. Um, and he asked her if she's ever done it before. And she's like, no, I've never. And she, Justin said she did pretty good. Very, very kind of him. They are supposed to do this blindfold game where they can be honest with each other. So she goes first and she puts the blindfold on and he says he appreciates her and how happy she is, but he feels like he comes number two to her friends and her dog. And he doesn't feel like he'll be number one, number one. He is frustrated that she hasn't asked about his feelings about Maya being gone and he thinks if it was reversed, he would have definitely asked. Um, he he says that they want different things. And he says he's been questioning their marriage. And then he says his love hasn't changed. But he's cautious. <laughs> he's cautious as fuck now. And then he says, Dan, that feels good. But that's how he feels. <laughs> I would be remiss since I just accused Alexis of doing this. This was bullshit. This was just <laughs> Like, these people are kids. This was like a version of Letter to My Younger Self, but instead it's really Letter to My Spouse. And <laughs> things that are wrong with you. <laughs> this was terrible. It was really bad. <laughs> and you were right. It was just like, um, yes, it was very much like when the old letter exercises where people would try to send secret messages. Yeah. So Alexis, he's like, she takes off her blindfold. He's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm okay. And then he puts on his blindfold and she goes, I think you're doing the best you can. And she knows that she's great. I'm like, okay. Um, about midway through what she was saying, I was like, this is a breakup speech because she said she's thankful for him and all that he's taught her. <laughs> she's thankful. For him. She's thankful for the good times, the bad times. His family is wonderful and she appreciates them. That's where she's at. <laughs> and I'm like, this is what you say when you break up with someone. Like, oh, you taught me so much, you know? <laughs> Did she say she would be good for the next man or something like that? <laughs> oh. And then he's like, is that all you have to say? And she's like, yes. I swear these people have the same conversation over and over again. Is, is that all you got? <laughs> and uh, they, he, she pinky promises. And then he's like, wait, I thought you said you don't pinky promise. She's like, yes, I do pinky promise. These people. <laughs> In an interview, Alexis says, if this man doesn't think I'm ready to be married, maybe that's the man I shouldn't be married to. No response is a better response. And so she's choosing silence. Hmm. Well, then just be silent. Don't say all the things and say you're choosing silence. Again, your nonverbal communication is loud as fuck. That whole, the two of them was, this is where they really crossed that line into toxicity where you're just trying to harm each other and you need to separate before you cause any further damage. It's a cold. It's like War of the Roses. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. It's a really old movie. I'm just like, okay, who can sling the most pain? <sighs> so then we get a, thank God, we get a little palate cleanser. We go to McGindy. <laughs> McGindy got a Chiron. <laughs> <laughs> so Lindy and Miguel tell us that the baby cried every two hours and Miguel took care of him. And they show us the Dateline cam of Miguel 
holding McGindy buck ass naked. They had to blur out his private parts. I was like, is this my eyes? Am I tired? I'm like, no, this man is naked. Completely naked. But I mean, he's asleep in his own home, so hey. Uh, my my thought was, why did Miguel have to take care of the baby? But then Lindy tells us that she is doing it tonight. <laughs> we see Kristen getting ready to meet the girls. And I was like, can these people go one episode without a group meetup? Mm. I will say the group meetups are always a great source of drama. <laughs> they are also the cause of the issues. <sighs> the guys are playing basketball and the girls are carrying lawn chairs. I guess they're going to the beach. The guys um, all show up and Miguel comes with McGindy. And Mitch says, I love Mitch. Mitch says in an interview, <laughs> they must be doing so well if the experts think they need an additional challenge. And... <laughs> And Mitch said he would have taken the batteries out and tossed the baby in the closet. <laughs> I was like, that's why that's why they didn't give you one, Mitch. <laughs> Miguel talks about McGindy and says that it's the ultimate cock block. Um, and it isn't it, because that's not a real child. Um, <laughs> the guys seem to just love the fact that they have McGindy. And he talks about how it's another type of intimacy and coming together as a team to raise a third person. That's a little robot baby, not a person. We flash to Stasha and she's like, oh, you're getting an insight on parenting. And Lindy is like, this baby doesn't like me, but that it's really cute to see Miguel with the baby and it's testing us. And, you know, the baby wakes up every two hours. In an interview, she said the baby's on demon mode. <laughs> and Lindy tells us that they are definitely using protection because I, they don't want their own little demon, I guess. Now. Right now. Um... <laughs> Then the guys ask Ben, and he explains about how he needs to produce a more emotional apology. And Nate, God love Nate, because he just says what Tane and I are thinking. <laughs> Nate says, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> and Ben is like, well, I tried before. Nate, Nate says... How she really, how will she emotionally receive that apology when she's in defensive mode? Mm -hmm. She's not gonna believe anything you say. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Morgan is complaining to the girls that she's not getting an emotional enough response from Ben. Alexis, voice of reason here. Um, why do you expect something different from him when you're just gonna get the same thing? And Stasha says, even if you get it you're not going to think it's genuine. Mm -hmm. Lindy says that she's angry for her, for Morgan, because she's emotionally intelligent and mature and he's not on the same wavelength. She is. She is. <laughs> Lindy has no respect for Ben. She's always thought him very immature, so she's, she's dismissed him in her mind. She's probably not wrong, but I think she needs to recognize that her friend is, is a problem. Exactly. No one is holding Morgan accountable. That's why she keeps playing victim every week. She has an audience. <laughs> it's not a good look. Um, ben talks to the guys about how he runs away from problems and Morgan is strong both physically and mentally. And Miguel says, you're strong too. And Ben says, well, I kind of hid from her. Um, <laughs> in an interview, Mitch, another voice of reason says, Ben did wrong things, but it seems... Like he's blaming himself for everything. Ben says that he doesn't want to hate Morgan. 
Kristen tells the girls that they have paused on physical intimacy because she wanted to get to know him more emotionally, which is a bit of a lie. That's all she does. I just, you know, you know how much Allie liked Kristen? And I was like, yeah. maybe I'm being harsh. I'm, she's just never been my cup of tea. <laughs> just, and then she does things like this. I'm like, mm, no. She, she needs to regulate. She needs to regulate. Like one minute she's up, one minute she's down, one minute I'm mad, one minute I'm, you know, accommodating. And one minute you're trying to make things look nice. Like just, just regulate. Um, Mitch tells the boys the same thing about them putting the break on sex. Then Mitch says that they're having issues with long-term planning and that his thought process, if it's going well and they're vibing, they should continue after decision day. Hers is more like, if there's no, I love you. If there's no this, that, and the other, then it's a no from me. Back to Kristen, who says she puts up walls to protect herself and she pushed him away, but she's ready to stop doing that. The good will outweigh the bad if it works. It's not the marriage she imagined, but he's a good guy who means well to his core and he needs more guidance. Um, Lindy says to teach him how not to be a bitch. That was rude. It was very rude. It held a lot of venom. Like, I I don't know where that came from. I feel like Lindy is probably not over the whole I'm not attracted to you from the beginning. You know, I mean, Kristen tried to prevent it, but you you can never prevent it. If you start telling the truth, people will remember that truth even when you're over the truth. I think there's more. Because I think if we move further, I think she made a comment. Well, keep going. So in an interview, Lindy says it's hard to go on the roller coaster of their marriage. Mm -hmm. Nothing shocks her. And then she says something where it seemed like she accidentally calls him a bitch accidentally no she was being funny she goes something 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 and not so he's not gonna be a bitch oh i mean mitch oh she was being rude twice so the first time i thought oh that just slipped but the second time i'm like oh it's intentional so that's why i'm like there's a lot of venom like to do that twice on tv knowing everyone's gonna see that they all try to act you know nice but she's not so i'm like wow i think it's something beyond the attractiveness or whatever so to continue the theme of people just putting their own truths out there, sometimes related to the truth, the actual <laughs> truth. Truth adjacent. <laughs> Alexis decides to tell the group that he wants her to spend all of her free time with him and she feels like she's a child on punishment. In an interview, she says her relationship before was fun. There was passion. There was spontaneity. Oh, no, 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 Aid. It was not spontaneity. She says spontaneity. <laughs> I don't know what spontaneity is. It's not. She pronounced it wrong. She had a Lajuan moment. Uh. <laughs> the internet is roasting her. <laughs> they were like, why not back and say it again? <laughs> spontaneity is the new word, just like uh, gondula. <laughs> She says that he's her first defensive and sensitive relationship and she's struggling to assimilate and she doesn't understand how he feels. Flash to Justin who says that it's single people shit. <laughs> Nate says being at the club every weekend is weird. Mitch tries to walk the middle uh, both ways. Um, 
He's not wrong. I thought about that for a second because Mitch is right. Like we gave Jared from Love is Blind. That's his name, right? Jared? Jared, yes. Yeah. From Love is Blind grief because he wanted to go to club Taco Tuesday on the Tuesday. And I'm just like, if your husband wanted to go to the club all the time, every weekend, we'd be like, what, do you, what, what, what is the issue? So I think he's right when he said it's not a man or a woman thing. It's just, it's a spouse thing. But I also don't want to come across as like, if you're married, you can't go to the club because that's not what I'm saying at all. So I don't, I don't know what I'm, <laughs> I don't know how to express what I'm trying to say. It's just maybe the unwritten stuff of, are you going to the club genuinely to have fun or are you getting doing it to get away from your spouse? Especially if your spouse is complaining, you don't have enough time. Why aren't you trying to focus on, I'm giving you time. I can make time for you and not make you feel unwanted. Let's fix that problem first. So I read something today that was very fitting for this like so-called argument that Justin and Alexis are having. Um, it was in the Washington Post, Carolyn Hack's advice column, where someone was like, I'm an introvert and my husband's an extrovert and I'm just trying to figure out how we can both be happy, basically. And she wrote, like, in the final paragraph, as for the supposed to of time spent with partners, there's no such thing. The right amount of time together is when you feel good about the amount of time together. Not guilty, not smothered, not lonely, not wary from begging, and not arm wary from having to hold your lines all the time. So whatever Justin and Alexis have going on, the problem is not her going to the club or him thinking she goes to the club too much. It's that the two of them can't even work through this issue from the premise of like, how can we both be happy? Yeah. They're just incompatible. They're trying too hard. Shouldn't be this hard. In an interview, Nate was like, look, (laughs) I'm just saying. Last week, you were snitching. Causing rifts in other people's marriages, gossiping. This week, you want to go to the club all the time. Are you in college? <laughs> How old is it like? Oh, 29. Um, Mitch in an interview says he's a little bit disappointed because they started strong. He thought they'd make it. And it seems like Justin is making big sacrifices and compromises and taking it seriously. And she's not as into it as he is. I get that Justin gave up his dog. That's his big sacrifice and his big compromise. Because that's I thought that's what Mitch was saying. Mm, that's fair. But I think it's more like who he presents himself to be. Oh, you want to do this? I'll do this. Remember when he was telling them that he's just going to be the one making the smoothie when she's going in the morning, making dinner, her coming home, and he's just basically going to be at her service? Maybe there's more of that going on. Uh, I would be curious. Maybe next week. Because th- I will say this. This club thing is a new argument for them. We had never heard about this before. Yeah. So, I would, yeah, I'd be curious to see more about what their home life is like. Something I actually forgot to mention is that Justin says that to the boys that Alexis doesn't reciprocate his, her, his sex energy. And he questions her intentions. When she said she was ready to be married, but not ready to be married to Justin, to Dr. Pia, she couldn't take it back and it hit him hard. So the group meetups are done and we get to see like an overhead camera type situation. We hear Justin being loud and more arguments about her going to the club. And I feel like 
like Maps likes to like do these producer interventions to heighten the drama because I didn't really nothing was that crazy going on that I don't know. They seem to have the same argument that they had before, but now there's a producer there mediating, which just goes to show you that the producers are probably doing more work than the experts. <laughs> I've said it before. They need to have an on-call expert, but no one's listening to me. Apparently they do. You just don't see them because their name is Christy. <laughs> their whole back and forth with Christy was very strange. Like they were in the bathroom. Christy was talking to one of them. One of them left. Then they went out. Then Christy sat them down like children at the table and made them actually talk. Um, the part that really got me, a lot of it was rehashing the same stuff from the episode. Um, but the part that got me is when Justin says that he feels unwanted. And she said, what makes you feel that way? And I was annoyed because I feel like the first time someone says, you don't want me, you can, no matter what you want to talk about afterwards, you can just start with being like, I do want you. And no, Alexis doesn't say that. Instead, she goes on the defensive and says, well, haven't we had emotional intimacy? And I'm like, what? that's not what he was talking about. Okay. Then she says, because we don't sleep together, you don't feel wanted. So now she's making, like, it, it, Justin, I feel like was asking a legitimate question and she decided to take it in another direction. Mm-hmm. That I mean, they really just rehash the same thing. The weekend, the whole weekend, two hours. She, she says she didn't want to be married like this. They're always talking about what they thought marriage would be. What I thought marriage would be. Everybody on Maps needs to eliminate that from their vocabulary. Whatever you thought it would be, you have to work with what you, the person that you have and figure out what it's going to be with that person instead of, well, what I thought was I'd have a teammate, a player, and not the opposition, but Justin is different. Well, maybe you have opposition because of you, not because of Justin. <laughs> thought about that? How about that? <sighs> So we, how many times are we going to end the episode with Justin and Alexis just rehashing the same fight they had earlier in the episode? We're getting there. Towards the end of math, of math seasons, they start fighting about the same things. This is how it was with Mark and, Lin- and Lindsay. They just kept fighting about the same thing. I do want to go back to, I'm still stuck on After Party, where Alexis said they hadn't had sex because let's just say it didn't manifest. And she just made it seem like he couldn't get it up or he couldn't perform or something like that. She did make it seem that way. Right, we just we just assumed that way. Yeah. <clears throat> and I'm like, why is that not being talked about on the main episode? But the more we get episodes where they talk about intimacy, when Justin tells the boys that he's tried in the bedroom and it's not happening now, I'm taking it to mean like she just wasn't turned on. So when she says it didn't manifest, it just means like her vagina didn't cooperate. And she that just sounds about right, yeah. Made it seem like, I mean, that's kind of cruel <laughs> to imply that a man couldn't get it up. <laughs> but it I think saying it didn't manifest itself because she was very vague, okay? You could have yeah. taken that however. I chose to take it a certain way. Yeah. It's better than saying, well, I didn't want him. See, but Alexis reminds me of Kenya. They're good with words and technically she didn't say anything how you choose to interpret it is not her problem but i mean the first line of guessing would be that's what she meant but i mean technically she didn't say that but that's how it was implied but uh, another dead couple so we have two dead couples right now i will say that this week on after party 
<clears throat> she made it seem like things might have eventually changed. Sure did. But it was very vague. I'm like, nope, after you're not gonna get me. Nope. Nope. But I mean it's like that every week. We see them fight and then we see the preview for next week and then they're together. Like, oh and then when the episode comes, they're like fighting again. So <sighs> Okay. Tane, who has your bouquet this week? There were many contenders, but once again, I got to give it to Nate. I mean, for calling Alexis out. <laughs> and he called somebody else out too. Morgan? Oh, no, he called when he was like, to Ben, when he was like, what does that mean? Like, that man, <laughs> that man ain't got the time. And then the third reason why he gets my bouquet was just, you know, for being open. Like, I'm not there in the bedroom with them, but I feel like, let's just say our girl Stasha is satisfied. You know, also we after party and everything. I'm like, good for you, Nate. So that's why he gets my bouquet. Who has yours? Miguel and Lindy. They don't have a lot going on this week, but McGindy and how they took McGindy semi-seriously. Everything about Miguel, Lindy, and McGindy made me happy this week. Yes. So who has your burnt ashes? I think I'm at the point where I am not giving my burnt ashes to Morgan and Ben anymore because they don't even deserve that. So it's going to Alexis. It's just a little bit of, I think you know deep down in your heart what you want to do and dragging it out while hurting somebody else is kind of not cool and using buzzwords, kind of not cool. And that's why she gets my ashes. Who has yours? Yeah, Alexis. Um, yeah, I was just very annoyed with her this week. And um, I think that she's being intentionally hurtful and obtuse. Um, I think she goes, I don't know it's like how intentional it is, but Alexis goes in sometimes with like maximum harm intended. Hmm. And then she just kind of backs away by saying, well, I'm just saying how I feel. Now when someone else says how they feel, it's not an emotionally safe conversation for her. It, it's a really bad tactic. Because doesn't look good. Yeah. I actually thought Dr. Pia was going to have you bouquet. She was all right. Maybe next week. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week, though. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys on social media. Yes, guys. Thank you so much for your support, for listening to our show. Please subscribe to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give us a five-star rating if you're so inclined, and we will see you here next week. Don't forget to check out our check out our Patreon where we have lovely content. We have After Party on there every week. We have 90 Day Fiance, the current season. We're going to talk about Love is Blind After the Altar, and we're going to talk about Sister Wives. So join the fun there. See you next week. Bye. Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.